back to the Family Movie Night Podcast, episode 32. My name is Nathan, and I am joined by uh, by my wonderful co-host, just as always, uh, the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey. Donnie, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Excited about able to talk about this movie today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Well, you just said right before we started filming, you stay ready, man. I do. I stay ready. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Then, of course, we have uh, the villain of our podcast, which I'll just go ahead and let everyone know we are talking about the Lego Batman movie. And in this case, uh, spoiler alert, maybe you are Batman, for he is the villain of this uh, movie. Uh, it is not the Joker is the villain. It is Batman's own ego that is the villain. So you I am, are. I am okay with either interpretation, honestly. Okay. Yeah. So either so, way, I am a legendary character. Yeah, we are very excited to get to talk about this. And then, of course, we have uh, just the wonderful, graceful, uh, can't figure out technology, <laughs> the straight up Alfred of our podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, that is definitely me. <laughs> uh, and Ray Flines is a great Alfred, by the way. Yeah, he, okay? did, a, he did a good job. Uh, of course, we have Heidi Cooper joining us. Heidi, uh, was this your first time watching this movie or had you seen it before? It was. It was my first time, and I really enjoyed it, and both my kids did, too. So I think it's an awesome movie to do as a family. Well, great. Well, we're going to talk about this one uh, right here. If you don't know, the Lego Batman movie, it came out uh, in 2017, and uh, it is available on HBO Max. There are big changes brewing in Gotham, but if Batman wants to save the city from the Joker's hostile takeover, he may have to drop the lone vigilante thing, try to work with others, and maybe, just maybe, learn to lighten up. Maybe his superhero sidekick, Robin, and loyal butler, Alfred, can show him a thing or two. And so this is a movie that takes place in the uh, Lego movie universe. Um from the uh, 2014 film, The Lego Movie. And so all the characters are Legos themselves. And uh, this movie is uh, incredibly funny, uh, very self-referential about Batman and what uh, the Batman universe is like. But before we get to talking about this, Donnie, why don't you tell everybody what it is we do on this podcast? Yeah, so on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night. It'll help you and your children build memories, start some conversations that matter. And the goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have some routine, regular times of connection to make some shared experiences that'll help you build stronger relationships. And, you know, movie nights are just great opportunities to do that because movies are not just an easy way to share laughter and joy and fear and sadness together in a safe environment, but, you know, they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most to us in a way that is meaningful and memorable with our children. And on this podcast, we want to, you know, we're not just going to recommend movies you can watch on your monthly movie night, but we want to give you ideas of meaningful conversations you can have with your kids during or, or especially after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to put one more thing on your to-do list that you feel guilty if you don't do, but it's just that we want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together so that you can build positive memories and have conversations that matter. So through our conversation today, just remember that we want to have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus with your kids. And really, the idea behind that is we believe that if you can help your children to love the way 
that Jesus loves, then Jesus becomes more lovely. Uh, that when we are conditioned to seeing the world in a different way, uh, a way where uh, I have to earn everything for myself, I have to do everything for myself, uh, Jesus uh, may not be quite as lovely. And so we want to help our kids be set up to love Jesus and his way of life. And so uh, we think this Lego Batman mo movie gives you opportunities uh, to talk about that with your kids. And uh, before we get to what that looks like, let's just talk about this movie. So uh, why don't we just go ahead and start with uh, the villain of our podcast? I know um, Sawyer Hewlett, you are a big uh, Batman fan in general, uh, superhero fan, uh, and which would make sense. He is the most villainous of all superheroes. Uh, so, uh, Sawyer, uh, how did this movie appeal to your dark brooding sensibilities? <laughs> um, in a good way, it was challenging. Okay. Um, I, I actually, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I think the first half is a bit better than the second half, although the second half definitely has a lot of fun to be had. Um, and that's probably where we're going to have most of our Well, it starts with a bang. It starts exactly. with a bang. It is, it is from the beginning like non-stop jokes one after and, another and 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 the opening action sequence is like good action and good comedy it's it, it's a really excellent opening sequence yeah um and so i really like that i really love all the characters they have some good um meta commentary on each character you know um yeah. gosh there's a sequence where alfred goes on a rambling uh Thing about how Batman is so moody and all the different times that he's been moody is each movie incarnation yeah. of Batman and it's just oh, it's, there's only two non-Lego versions and the first one is Batman and Robin where it is you, it just it's a close up on his pecs which has the famous bat nips and then the next one is Adam West doing a super goofy dance like he's doing this in his bat suit it's ah it's just it's great anyways all that to say, I really enjoy this movie. I think it has a great sense of humor. Um, and I think it it understands its two main characters. And I think the main characters here are Batman and Joker. It understands those two characters and their relationship in an honest way that no other Batman movie does. That is an interesting take on Batman and Joker's relationship there. I well, let's get to that. We'll get to that in things. I'm like, I yeah. want to come back to that. I want to hear what you. I want to hear what you think about their relationship in 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 the themes. But let's uh let's let's let Donnie Dorsey talk about what what did you love about this movie, man? I mean, I think I agree. It's just it's just comical. Like there's there's almost always a joke that's being said, whether you catch it in the first moment or it's kind of a delayed effect. Like, and I love I love the animation of it. I mean, yeah. all the characters. I love the the attention to detail, like even with the fact of like the fact that they are Legos, the fact that they do they don't do normal movements. They do Lego type movements. So all of their legs move in certain ways up these stairs. And it's kind of. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious well, because it's like that detail. Well, and to your point, Donnie, about the animation, what I love about these movies is like the imperfections in the Legos and stuff like that. It's just. So yeah, they do a great job with that. So that's my that's the stuff I loved about it. Definitely. Well, and I think so. Uh, well, I'll come back to this. I'm going to write it down. There's a, there's a joke in the movie that uses the way that the, their bodies move that is just by far my favorite. And my girls lost their minds when it happened. So I'll, I will bring that back up because at the end of this movie, I mean, at the end of this podcast, we're going to talk about our favorite just jokes and bits from the movie. Uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. 
first up, Heidi Cooper, uh, you said you love this movie. Uh, what is it that you in, in, uh, did you watch? You watch this with your kids? Yeah. So what did you guys love about this movie? So, well, first of all, like my favorite characters are definitely Joker and Robin. Like, oh, yeah. hundred percent. Michael Sarah is so good in that role. He is so yeah. hilarious. And like his glittery, his glittery cape <laughs> makes him like virtually uh, uh, unable to hide anything, any part of himself. <laughs> well, I love that it's, I love that it's, the costume is Rastafari and Batman. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the R is from. Yes, he, um, yeah. So I love, I love the characters and I think that the, like the silliness of it just made it really um, fun for my kids. They loved that it was Legos. Um, but you know, normally if I tried to show either of my two just being three and six, a Batman movie, they probably wouldn't, you know, be interested in it like a serious one, you know, um, <clears throat> but because it was Legos and it was so silly, they really enjoyed it. And it was easy for them to keep up with what was going on because it was just joking. Yeah, well, I'll agree. So my kids, I think I've seen all of the Batman movies, um, but they are not really crazy about any of the Batman movies. Uh, my oldest is a little bit into the most recent one, like the darkest one, but she's most, most into that one. But um, my kids love, and we talked about this before on the podcast, Teen Titans Go, uh, which has Robin as the main kind of, he's like the leader of the Teen Titans and it's really goofy. And so they know a lot about like the idea of Batman being very self-serious and Batman being, you know, very dark and brooding. And so, uh, and they had seen the Lego movies coming into this. Um, so they kind of had that. But I think even if your kids don't know much about Batman other than that, he's kind of dark and brooding and, you know, he fights bad guys. I think this movie is just so wacky. And, it, you know, Donnie already mentioned um, kind of like jokes that you miss. This movie has, uh, in, it's the thing that the Simpsons brought to the animated universe that nothing else does. There are jokes that are just on the screen that if you watch it like 12 times, you'll just catch, oh, that little thing in the background and that little note there and that thing. It is so just jam-packed with jokes. I just think, I I think you'd have, yeah yeah i mean and my kids had never seen a lego movie and never seen a batman movie you know so they they just both like jumped right in they thought it was hilarious and they loved you know the characters and the way that you know the storyline went and things like that so yeah so i think this works if you've got young kids uh uh and if you've got teenagers i think i think there are jokes that work better if you know batman and you know you know all the different iterations of batman and then there are jokes that you as a parent are going to get that your kids won't get. I think your young kids are just going to like the physical comedy and like the goofiness and silliness of it. I think this is really an all ages family movie. So let's talk about what the themes are behind this movie that really just really work. Um, and so this is a movie that is primarily, I, it was even in the description. This is a movie uh, that is about how you need other people how life was not meant to be lived in isolation. That life was meant to be lived in relationships with others. And so Batman in this movie, uh, he, and this is where I want to open it up to Sawyer to kind of give us his Joker take, because that's really the central relationship in this movie is uh, Batman in that opening heist, which I agree uh, to me, you know, every 
everybody has a different version of Batman in their heads, whether he's really campy, whether he's really dark, whether he's, you know, more of a violent kind of person or mine is very much informed by like the late eighties, early nineties, uh, Batman comic book runs. And of course the Batman, the animated series, this opening sequence feels the most Batman thing we've ever seen. in it. like, there's a plane that's, you know, it's just everything about it feels so Batman to me. Um, but at the end of that, Batman says to Joker, uh, you're not, you're not my, like, what does he say? You're not my nemesis. Okay. Or- so, no, okay. So Joker is establishing at the end of the scene, like through really good, well-written dialogue. He's like, Hey, I'm your number one bad guy. You're my number one hero. We need each other because without right. each other, we kind of like, if I don't exist, you're just, off fighting Clayface, okay? Is Clayface really your number one villain? A guy who can shapeshift? No. The guy who is the ideological... Oh, that's some pretty that's some pretty rough uh, Clayface well, okay. right there. Clayface, Clayface has super strength. Clayface, Clayface is a Sandman, but even better than Sandman. He he's is better Clay. than Sandman, okay? Hey, I don't want this to become an indictment of, of Clayface, but he's well, not Joker. About? Joker is an exceptional paint villain. Exactly. Well, oh my God. He is the ideological antithesis to Batman. And and I, similar to you, Nathan, my relationship with Batman is very much informed by the Batman, the animated series. That was the first Batman that I was exposed to. And in that show, there are episodes that are great. And then there are Joker episodes is the thing. And Mark Hamill is just excellent in that show. Anyway, the point that this movie makes at the very end is that Batman realizes, yeah, those other villains they're good and like there's a great line at the beginning where he's like so when you tell people who your number one bad guy is you're gonna say and he's like uh, superman and it's which uh, is I one of the that. best jokes in the whole oh, movie it's superman is my number one bad guy yeah but uh but no it's this idea that you know the joker stands to create chaos and and also and i will say not to get into more dark Batman lore and stuff like that, but like the Dark Knight starts to tap into this where the Batman exists to provide order when nothing else can provide order. And the Joker provides chaos at every opportunity. That's interesting. This movie we'll really have to do that when we watch the Dark Knight. I have a different take on what the Dark Knight is about, but that's different. Oh, Let's I talk about it's really about that. But yes, you're I. But that's kind of what I feel like their relationship is is kind of about. Anyways. Everyone um, has already turned off this podcast because they're like, is this going to be these two guys talking about the relationship between Joker and Batman? So it's the a great re- relationship, okay? Uh, it's, yeah, it's fine. Uh, so I think I think they need some counseling together. But um, they, uh, Batman and the Joker in this movie, it, it really becomes about that Batman, it's not just Joker that he doesn't need. Um, R- Alfred, the man who raised him, uh, he doesn't want Robin as a partner. He doesn't want anybody to help him. He sees himself as a lone wolf. Uh, doing all these things. So, Sawyer, one of the things you talked about was not actually the relationship between Joker and Batman, but the relationship of Robin and Batman being partners. Yeah. Being t- Talk about how this movie kind of introduces this idea of, hey, you do need other people in your life um, through the relationship of Robin and Batman. Yeah. So, and this is, okay, to the movie's credit, this is set up really well in the opening scene when basically the joker gets away because the joker is able to say to batman you're on your own you have to either chase me or save gotham city and so you see in the opening scene like if 
the bat okay it really does a good job of being like the batman uses propaganda and stuff like that um with like his marketing team which is really funny anyways but what happens is he he lets the joker go because he's like i have to save gotham which is the ethically right decision let's let's not get it twisted okay but what i think he realizes saving the city good that's sawyer's first hot take saving the city is a good thing exactly flaming hot takes over here okay um but no and and so then you meet robin who you know to michael Sarah's credit play is like this like innocent childlike character who is also a really (laughs) hilariously talented gymnast and i think what i love most about their relationship is Batman thinks that he is the most competent person in the world. Like he thinks that he is the only S tier character. And what there's this great sequence where he and Robin are going to go and steal the phantom zone projector. Okay. Which is kind of like this big MacGuffin throughout the movie. You don't need to know anything about anyways, but basically they go to Superman's home, the fortress of solitude. Okay. And and there's a party for the Justice League going on that Batman wasn't invited to. And so but it creates this really cool dynamic between Robin and Batman that it is a it is a little bit of them versus the world. But it's also Batman realizing I'm not the only competent person that I'm working with. OK, this kid can do stuff. And it's it does, the movie does a good job of removing Batman from his echo chambers over the course of the movie is the thing. So. That's kind of what I like most about that that relationship. Well, well, and I think so. I think for for kids and engaging with this, I think there is a way in which most kids are naturally going to be drawn towards other kids. That's the nature of it. But there are some kids, by their nature, uh, being a little bit more introverted, uh, or maybe just because of uh, maybe being picked on at one point, they tend to want to isolate. And I'll say this: um, cell phones, social media, COVID has made this more common for kids uh, that they have not been able to get out and be around as many kids or they're, you know, they're a teenager and they're on their phone all the time. They're on social media. Um, it, it, we are more connected than we've ever been. And this is not some very deep take from me. I mean, this is the nature of things we've been talking about for, for the last maybe six, seven years is we're more connected than ever but we are less able to rely on one another. And Jesus made us, God made us, when you're talking to a kid, you'd say, hey, God made us to to be in relationship with other people, to trust people, to rely on other people. And a lot of times we end up being like Batman, that we're just, we think I can just do everything I need on my own. I don't, you know, I don't ever have to go out and engage with anyone. I can get food delivered to my home. I don't ever have to go, you know, all these different kinds of things. I can be just like Batman, but that's not the goal. The goal is to need other people, is to rely on other people, and that other people would be able to rely on you. Um, so I think that's a huge part of of what this movie can do. Now, Donnie, you talked a little bit about before how this movie helps us to talk to our kids about how community in general is just a good and a godly thing. So do you want to talk about that for a moment? Yeah, like I think, especially with this, um, like you see how Batman, like it's one of those things where like, we sometimes can feel like we can do all things or we can do all these different things. We're very good at things. And as a result, we sometimes forget to sometimes delegate or ask for help. And so then we overwhelm ourselves when we have a community around us that's willing to help to lift us and help to carry us. 
you know, because at times we get lost in the like, oh, okay, I'm good at this. So I can just do this. I'll do this. No one else is going to do this as good as me. And so, yeah. you know, kind of like how Batman was, he was like, well, I don't need y'all. I, I can do this. I've been saving this city for years. And then of course they make the joke about, but they keep getting out. You're not doing a very good job about it. Like stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I think what you get to here, and I think honestly, to me, one of the most interesting relationships is his relationship with Alfred. Mm -hmm. And there's a way to talk to our kids about th there's kind of this American idea that exists. It's almost an American value, but it's a lie of the self-made man, like yes. the self-made. I did everything for myself. No one helped me. And that that's how we should be like that. I don't need anyone's help. I don't need anything. So Batman kind of has this story of like, I do everything myself. Like I'm the only one who needs to whatever. Yeah. But he forgets the fact that Alfred raised him. And then mm -hmm. Alfred was the one who trained him. And Alfred's the one who taught him all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think there's something in that to our kids to be able to say, to be able to look to your teachers or to your parents or to your friends and say, let's part of having friends, part of living in a community is being thankful to other people, mm -hmm. not lying to yourself and saying, Hey, I did this all on my own and I don't need to thank anybody because even at just the base level, God's the one who gave you the breath in your lungs. Mm -hmm. And learning to be thankful that part of Batman's problem, we don't see it, is he is the least grateful person. He's grumpy. Yeah. He complains about everything. Nothing's ever good enough. And it's because he's not thankful. And you can see it in the different characters is the difference of those that are in community with people and are grateful versus Batman. Because you yeah. look at how, like, um, Commissioner Gordon, you know, that will soon become a superhero at, at a point. You know, yeah. you see the Justice League. All of them are happy they're excited to work together to get things done they're not like hey we don't need to be around each other they they enjoy the the struggles of like fighting crime but they also enjoy the time with one another and i think when you depend solely on yourself you are responsible for both of those things or you make yourself responsible for both of those things well i have to entertain myself because i don't i can't i don't have time for other people to be here but I also have to be responsible for all the hard work. And yeah. when you do that, that worries, that burns the candle at both ends, you right. know, in so many ways. And I think you can see the difference because the second he starts letting people in and he starts showing, seeing that, wait a minute. So people aren't an obstacle. No, they're not an obstacle. They're, they're inherently right. a good thing because they can help you when you're at your lowest, or they can help build you when you're at, at your highest, like at the, well, and that other people are really, uh, really the point. They're not yeah. an obstacle that, you know, Jesus says, top two commands, love God, love people. And the way you love God will be evident in how you love other people. So other people are necessary for me to enjoy life in God's kingdom. Yep. It is not, I go off, read my Bible, have this quiet time with God, and well, that's it. Um, that's life in the kingdom. Life in the kingdom is life in a community. And it is about being connected. You know, one thing I think this movie hits on really well, which kind of fits the same themes, is um, that I actually think is the this movie is the best one that ever does it. Uh, and in some ways, this might make it the best Batman movie. This is not my favorite Batman movie. But I think it hits on the thing that is most unique about Batman as a comic book fan is that Batman doesn't have a team. Batman has a family. It's, I mean, we're going into Fast and Furious territory here. They're called, uh, it's all about family. I ain't got friends. <laughs> I got family. Uh, but Batman refers to the, they, the, 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 his team, Robin, Batgirl, Alfred, everyone, all the different people, Nightwing eventually, all the different people that are part of his, that's the Bat family. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind it, I think, as a family watching this is to talk about why. It's more like the Adams family. 
Let, let's be honest. It, it, it's more of <laughs> sure. an Adam oh, yeah. vibe than Fast and Furious. Yeah, I'll take that. But yeah, I think the uh, I think the idea that you could talk about as a family is that um, that you need that family is a good and godly thing too. That this isn't just about hey, you need friends. That we need family. And so I think about this a lot. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is just because of the hilarity of it is when Batman decides to watch a movie in this giant um, like home theater he's got set up and he can't figure out which HDMI input, which by the way, Heidi, is that the most relatable thing that's ever happened to you in a movie? I mean, ever. I'm telling you when it came up and it was like, there was like 72 options for him to choose from. I was like, Yes, same. Yes, <laughs> and he's never like, know which one it is, but I can guarantee you, it's whatever I choose is always the wrong one. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so there's this moment where he's watching all the things, and what it made me think of was I remember hearing um, a, a, a thing the other day. And so here's what here's what I, I, I want to get to. Let me set it up a little better. The reason I think this movie really hits on it is almost every other Batman movie, except for the ones people hate, Batman, Robin, uh, the you know Batman Forever the idea about Batman that they really hit on is Batman's loneliness. That it's just Batman, it's by himself, he's the lone defender of Batman, and it's almost a little bit praised. Like, it's kind of like, isn't that kind of cool that he alone can save the city? That he alone, can, even The Dark Knight, which is a movie about, hey, maybe Harvey Dent can do it, and then it's like, no, you can't, because you have to be Batman forever. Like, you can't ever stop being Batman. This is a movie that really hits on what's interesting about Batman is that he has this family, these people that help to share the load for him. And so what it made me think of was what often ends up happening in um, kind of Western society, American society is I heard a, um, I think it was a family psychologist talk about that what happens for a lot of families is um, the individual, the family exists to serve the individual, not the individual existing to serve the family. And even some of us rail against that, that the idea is, Every kid needs to do three or four different activities to figure out which activity is the activity for them. And it's the family's job to kind of get their schedule all organized where every kid can have multiple activities and multiple things so that that kid can figure out what is my unique thing that makes me special, that makes me cool, so I can go off one day and be the best me. And he said what's difficult about that is that the family then just exists to shuttle that kid around to all the different activities. And he said what is different is, he said, that if the individuals start to say, hey, the family matters more than just me, other people matter more than just me, they become a more well-rounded person. That we think what makes you a well-rounded person is you become like Batman. I, I'm the best singer. I'm the best. I'm not only the best singer, I'm the best crime fighter. I'm not just the best crime fighter. I'm the best fashion designer. I'm not just the best. You know, that, that's really his character, right? Like he's the best at everything. And that's kind of what we convince our kids is what it is. You got to make the best grades. And you got to have some kind of music that you do. And you probably should do something athletic or some kind of team thing or some whatever. And what could happen, and this is what the family psychologist said, is if you as a family said, hey, here's what matters to us as a family. And being together is what's most important. So we want to help you do the things you want to do. But you may have to limit your individual things so that we get more family time. And what this scene made me think of is what he said the most important thing is, which I know some families are already probably going to rail against, is don't let kids have TVs in their room and you put the TV in the main room. And what that forces the kids to do is every kid has, everyone has to pick a show to watch together. 
Every kid doesn't get to go off and go, well, I don't want to watch this show, so I'm going to go watch what I want on my tablet. Or I'm going to go watch a thing, which is once again about the individual. It's, hey, we as a family are watching the Lego Batman movie together. And then little kid says, well, I don't like Batman. Too bad. Because we're a family. And this is about us being together and laughing together. And I just thought for the sake of this podcast to be able to say, uh, whether you choose to let your kids have tablets in their rooms or TVs in their rooms, that you would say, hey, we're going to all do a game night. And I get you don't like games. You got to come. I hated family game night, but I did it every time my parents did. And I cried every time. And I mean, I literally cried every time. <laughs> I, uh, I I did not enjoy it. But I am thankful that I learned to, to, to be submissive, to submit my, oh, this is kind of boring to me, to love my family. The, the, uh, is what I'm saying making sense? I don't know if yeah. I'm rambling at this point. How do you guys yeah, see this? I think that like one of the things that I thought of while you were talking was um, that it it reinforces this, the the whole idea that we're talking about here where you you shouldn't be the goal shouldn't be trying to get to a point where you can do and be everything all on your own. It should be learning how to be interconnected with the community. And, and yes. you know, you don't want codependency where it has to be the same group of people and you can never grow or, you know, like change relationships, but you do want it to be that you, you know, um, relationships sometimes have seasons or sometimes have like, you know, times and you want to be able to like, take what you learned in that and take what, you know, what you learned from your, your family of origin and then continue that on throughout, you know, whatever relationships come up in your life. I think that's huge. And, you know, it's like, I, I remember hearing, once again, I think it was a different psychologist saying that the the most important part of school for kids is not homework. It's not the busy work. It's not the grades. It's team projects. Group projects are what kids hate the most, but it is the most important thing because it teaches you, it teaches you to work with people who don't want to do their share of the work and people who feel like I'm doing all the work. It teaches you how to communicate with people that that's really important. And we as parents often want to jump in and go, well, let me just help you. Let me do the work for you. Let me just do this. But if you force your kids to go, hey, y'all need to learn how to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to work how to figure this problem out because this is the biggest important thing. Go ahead, Sawyer. Yeah, and, and, well, and to your point that you've just been making this whole time, Nathan, I would say like the biggest thing that like developed me just enjoying watching movies actually was specifically watching movies with my parents or with my brothers yeah. and stuff like that. And it, it you know, this is kind of what the podcast is designed to do. It it creates those conversations, you know, it facilitates those conversations to happen that are really great and wholesome. Um, I'm not saying that like a movie is ever going to make your kid want to get baptized, but a movie could make your kid view, you know, a, a bigger, a bigger entity as something worth devoting themselves to and stuff like that. And well, and I think I think to your point, Sawyer, it's it leads to the conversation. I know that for all when I started this podcast and I, I had kind of the idea for it, I came to all all three of you. The reason I thought all three of you was because your people that in previous different points in my life, we just talk about movies together. And the fun wasn't even watching the movie. It was the conversation we got to have exactly. afterwards. You know, even Sawyer and I tend to go, I mean, Sawyer's a villain of the podcast because Sawyer and I like to go back and forth. We have different ideas. 
but that's what's fun for us. I mean, often one of us will walk into the other person's office at work and go, hey, I know you didn't like this movie. Let me tell you why you're wrong. You know, or like <laughs> whatever. Like we, we, but that's what's fun about it. What's fun. Is Top Gun this week is Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, that we week. don't, people don't have time to hear me go off on Top Gun Maverick. But um, <laughs> the point is, the point is you as a family being able to work through those. And whether it's a movie night, whether it's game night, whether it's, hey, uh, I heard a parent who said, um, I don't allow headphones at all in my car. We don't get earphones. We have a family iPod. They still have an iPod. They have a family iPod or we have a thing. We all listen to the same song and we argue and someone complains and they go, oh, he goes, so what often happens is we turn off the iPod and we talk because we can't all agree. And he goes, and that's even better. And he said, but it forces us to not isolate ourselves. And I think within families, that happens more than we want to admit that our families become places where our kids mainly our, our main conversation with our kids is when do you need to be at so-and-so's thing? And yeah. it's, all right, we got to get in the car. Come on, get your shoes on. I don't have time. Why are your shoes in the wrong place? Go on, get in the car. Oh, I got to go. Like, that's our whole conversation with our kids. And none of us want that, but we also don't see a way out of it. We don't see a way out. And I think one of the best ways is that's why we do this family movie night podcast. And we have family game nights at the church. We're trying to help you see you being together, eating a family meal. You know, as your kids get older, you may not be able to do a family meal every night because they're working. They've got things. But I remember when that happened for my family, my parents, we had a family meal every day together. It was our lunch meal together every day. And then when we became teenagers and we had our own jobs, my parents said, OK, but everyone has to be at the house on Saturday at noon every Saturday. And we're having a family meal once a week. Mm-hmm. And our girlfriends came and my wife, my, who's my wife, we started dating in high school. She said that was she said that was my favorite thing about you was your family mm-hmm. was just the fact that you guys had this meal together and I got to be a part of it. Those kind of things are invaluable to you in teaching your kids that other people matter. Donnie, I can tell you, you got something. To say. Well, I was just thinking about what you said. I mean, and I think it it's key. It's been key for me as well. Like most of the times, like I've most, my enjoyable times have been things that are in community, you know, yeah. because yeah, there's, you know, if you're doing things and you're a creative person, maybe you do some form of art, like it's exciting and things like that. And maybe you're a writer or whatever it may be. Those are exciting. But the best part a lot of times is sharing it with other people. And also yeah. the like, especially when like you do family get togethers or like you invite friends to your family get togethers. You never know how much they don't have those things. Yeah, because like I know I had friends that were like, wait, y'all get together and y'all like do this like this time of year. And I'm like, yeah, like this is, and we sometimes can take for granted the community that exists and that has already been created. And it's kind of like that whole, like the thing of tradition of like, you had the older relative that was like, Hey, every, this time of year we get together and we do this. And like, sometimes like you were saying, like, it, like being in the car or something like that, we, we like, I don't want to go. It's going to be boring and all this stuff. But then eventually those are where the memories are made That's right. It's in those community like experiences where you're like, yeah, it was, it was a little like frustrating, but I remember when so-and-so they were trying to eat all the pie and then everybody was chasing right. them around with like, it'll be something silly. That and then, like a very specific memory. I'm just saying, I'm just saying if Donnie's still clearly mad at his cousin for taking the pie. I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm just saying it was it's the been last 23 piece. years. He has I'm, not forgiven him. I'm just saying, I'm looking for, I've been, I was, I was craving a pie. I knew it was going to be there. And then they ate, it and I and was it wasn't. Like, I was like, it's not there no more. 
But yeah, I agree with you, Don. And I think as families, and here's what I don't want to hear people say when we when we share like our specific things and our specific kind of like family rules and routines. Every family doesn't look the same. So the goal is not, okay, we got to create some routine that looks like everyone else. The goal though, I think as a family is to say, we will not allow ourselves to be isolated and that it is not, you know, this is biblical. It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good. It is not good. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're my teenager and you don't think it's cool to hang out and talk with mom anymore, to talk with dad or to whatever. It doesn't matter. You've got other things going on. Maybe we have to limit the amount of outside activities we do for the sake of being able to be together more. And that that should be something as families we reevaluate regularly uh, is, is what kind of quality time are we getting together? What are we able to do um, to be together? Because we want to teach our children. Because ultimately, and here's where it gets to, ultimate, and this is where it gets, is that the church then becomes our spiritual family that is even more important than our biological families. And that we have to teach our kids, you can't, just like you can't do life without a family, you can't do spiritual life, life in the kingdom without the family of God and that we need each other and all that needs to happen. So I kind of want to end our, our theme discussion there because I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this next part. Uh, I want to talk about just what is fun about this movie. I've even just had fun us laughing in this conversation. This movie is hilarious. So uh, I'm going to give everyone just a couple minutes here just to talk about what were some of our, and let's kind of have just back and forth conversation on this. I don't want anyone just to list stuff. Just yeah. have to add back and forth. So somebody toss out, what is one of your favorite jokes in okay. this movie? I like the meta version of like when he's talking about like starting off the movie is like, it's all important movie star with a black screen and music yeah. and edgy, scary music. I love him talking about that because it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm thinking that. And like, I and just that love he, that. That he plagiarizes a line from Man in the Mirror right there. Oh, yeah. Like, it, <laughs> right the to Michael Jackson. And then he's like, no, Batman said that. <laughs> all the references I, to Michael Jackson are great. So oh, my gosh, hard. yes. Okay. One of my favorite jokes. This is the one that my kids lose it on. This is the one about the Lego stuff. When he's wearing, when Robin puts on the suit and he's got the pants on, he's like, these are really restrictive. And he just like flings them away, like, like rips them off. And he's in what, you know, we know of as being kind of like that, almost like, because my girls kept calling it panties. But like, you know, he's got the normal Robin attire on, which kind of look like tidy whities on. But because he's a Lego suit, it looks like he's not wearing anything. <laughs> My girls died laughing. They could not stop laughing at how fun that is. And once again, just as a parent, that kind of stuff is invaluable. Like it makes me, it makes my heart. So just to hear them laughing, I can still hear them in my head laughing. That's just a great moment. And for them I, to know that daddy, daddy laughs at this thing kind of stuff. I, yeah. I love Michael Sarah's line delivery right there. He's like, now I'm free. Now I'm moving. Come on, Batman. Let's get grooving. And he, <laughs> yes. it, it, he looks totally naked. Oh, it's so funny. The best part to me about the Robin character is the fact that he embraces all the things that people say don't work about Robin for a movie. The reason that Christopher Nolan couldn't have a Robin is because of how goofy he is. And this movie's just like, you know what? That's great. And yeah. that part I do love. That part doesn't feel cynical, doesn't feel like sarcasm. This movie, it felt, it feels very like just heartfelt. I love that. Heidi, yeah. you got any moments that just stand out as just hilarious to you? Oh, so I love the way that they um, like make the Joker, especially, but all of uh, all of the characters, like um, very uh, humanized. <laughs> you know, like oh yeah, um, he does yoga, and he like at one point he like they cut to him, and he's like putting his lipstick on, and he like <laughs> it, Batman like he like gets interrupted. He's like, what? I think it's at the end where they're where they have yeah. to like 
join and use their abs to crunch but he's oh, in the yeah. middle of putting his lipstick reapplying his lipstick and it's just like it's so funny to me because like you know you think of like uh usually like the black and white thinking kind of like the oh he's bad you know he's good whatever but it's it was just really funny to me to see him like you know say like namaste when they come into his prison yeah. cell and he's like he's there's a lot more to him than just his uh his yes. evilness well and i think <laughs> just like know, swear yes that's right there is more to his <laughs> villainy i think uh i think one of my favorite parts is the fact that and i wish we got this on tape was we, we before we were recording we were talking about this movie and saying oh it's a little sarcastic and cynical and then heidi just reminded us that the end of the movie is they saved the city by crunching their abs together <laughs> and the way all of us died laughing just remembering that moment that was just a cool moment on this podcast like this movie has so many just like silly hilarious funny moments that I think your family will have a great time and certainly will give you ways to talk yeah. about Jesus. So go ahead, Donnie. So the other thing is I like how the password was Iron Man sucks. Oh, yes. And oh, like every time God. you heard. <laughs> I like that he calls the computer pewter. Every time and, that it's voice, and that the computer's voice is Siri. And <laughs> yes, fun fact, if you call Siri pewter, it'll actually start talking Batman to this day. It's really It'll start talking about the bat cave and stuff like that. That's really good. So we hope you guys watch this movie, have a lot of fun, have a lot of laughs, build a lot of memories, but also start great conversations about Jesus and his way of life. uh, So they will love Jesus and his way of life more than anything else. We'll see you guys next time.